impeach the motherfucker again. I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Welcome to Basketballers. Okay, so we're going to cover basketball because there's a lot of exciting shit happening in the NBA. Before that, we just want to take a few minutes to discuss the elephant in the room, pun intended. Um, <laughs> listen, today's January 7th. Yesterday was January 6th. Um, domestic terrorists uh, performed insurrection at the U.S. Capitol uh, in the name of Donald Trump. It was, to me... One of the most embarrassing days in our nation's history. It was one of the darkest days in our nation's history. The Republican Party has aided and abetted Donald Trump. They have aided and abetted the erosion of our democracy. And the House is going to, looks like, reconvene maybe as soon as tomorrow, maybe Saturday, to impeach him again. He needs to be impeached, removed. I don't care that there's two weeks left until Biden's inaugurated. This man is a danger to our democracy. The fact that he has the nuclear code scares the shit out of me. Uh, I'm really sad that we are where we are and that there are people in this country that believe him truly and that believe um, all of the lies that he peddles. So um, I'm over the bullshit. Also, one last note in my little rant before I let Paul take over for a second. The fact that Black Lives Matter protesters this summer, and if you go back like three years... um, protesters with disabilities who were protesting against um, the defunding of Medicaid. The fact that they were uh, tear gassed, Black Lives Matter, and had rubber bullets shot at them, and these people with disabilities in wheelchairs were forcibly taken out of the Capitol um, while white protesters for Donald Trump were let in um, with open arms, basically, is fucking ridiculous and makes me very angry so i really don't rant i really don't have a lot more to add i'll just i'll share a few thoughts and anecdotes i mean what happened yesterday was it was honestly very tough for me to grasp the enormity of it it was to me it's almost like a very large number where you know that it exists but it's just tough to actually comprehend what's happening and just the scale of it um also on the fact of, you know, why bother impeaching him when he only has two weeks left in office? Because he still has two weeks left in office. To me, it's kind of like, if you're getting a divorce, why file a restraining order? You're already kicking them out? Because bad shit can still happen when someone has access to do bad things. If there's a bad person, they need to be stopped immediately, not in two weeks. And honestly, it's amazing that he hasn't. <laughs> used the nuclear codes or something before this but he directed and aided domestic terrorism yesterday and that is that should just be unforgivable no matter what your party is or your platform is and i hope once he's out of office he is prosecuted to the full letter of the law for this look there's a lot of things you can get him for but this specifically this needs to be the time where we as a country, including elected officials, but as a country, that, that we say, no, this is it. We can't go further. Because if this is continued, if this is allowed to continue down this path, democracy is dead. So, um, look, there have been, the NBA is a great, a great league because they talk about social justice a lot. I know a lot of players are also pissed off that yep. Black Lives Matter protesters were treated a lot worse than these domestic terrorists. Draymond Green said some good things. Um, and a, a big shout out to Jalen Brown. Yep, who who has done a lot for the BLM uh, organization. Yes, uh, went back to Atlanta, led some protests down there, peaceful protests. Yep, and spoke out. He's he's a very eloquent speaker too on the matter. J- Jalen Brown is. It wouldn't surprise me if he runs for office or something when he's done. Yeah, but he he's a real one. Yeah. So um, also shout out to the Atlanta Dream. Yeah, we should actually talk about that. So, so in all the in all the bad news that happened, uh, something really great happened on Tuesday, which was the the, the day before the day before, <laughs> which was the um, election of 
to the flipping election of two Democratic members for the U.S. Senate, both from Georgia. There were two Georgia special elections. And specifically Raphael Warnock, who is running, who is a pastor at uh, Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, which is where Martin Luther King uh, Jr. was a preacher at. He was, uh, Warnock was also the personal uh, pastor for John Lewis. And so um, that that guy has a, a real history there. Um, but anyway, I'll, Paul, I'll let you explain the dream part. Yeah, so the Atlanta Dream are owned by, well, partly owned by Kelly Loeffler, who was one of the incumbent senators who ran against Warnock. Yeah. And the Atlanta Dream have been very vocal about their disdain for their owner, and they've worn vote Warnock shirts. Um, they've not shied away in the press about how much they don't like Kelly Loeffler. And that takes some guts because that's your employer. That's who's signing your paycheck, and and you're spitting in their face very openly and publicly. I'm also going to take a little side here um, about a very important issue that's directly related to this, which is pay equity. Look, I know the NBA is a bigger league than the WNBA. A lot of reasons that's sexism, because um, the WNBA is good basketball. Yeah. It's good basketball. Uh, but the players in the WNBA make shit. They make hardly anything. So, it's not like... And look, it's still a risk for NBA players to be very vocal about things. But it's become kind of the mantra of the sport right now. Which is good. Oh, it, it absolutely has. But if LeBron James lost his job because of what he said, he would be fine because he's LeBron James. Some random dream player lost their job. That's big. Because they're not making that much money in the first place. Right. And so the risk is so much higher for those women who spoke out. So yeah, shout out to the Atlanta Dream for sure. All of them. Yeah, they all did in unity. This wasn't like one person. This was the entire team showing up in vote Warnock shirts and just That's baller. Laying it to them. Yep. Loved it. Shout out to the state of Georgia, man. Yeah, Georgia really I, came the fuck through. Hot Atlanta is just rocking it. I lived there for a number of years and Georgia's got a special place in my heart. Yeah, Paul, you got to be proud, man. That's They, uh, they re-upped that special place. Man. Yep. I wish I could have been there for it. I would have given one more vote to them, but they didn't need me. Hey, that's the best news. That's the best part. Um, <clears throat> Shit. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I guess we'll move forward with, with basketball. So the season is a couple of weeks in. It's been weird. There's So this isn't even in any of our notes, but... I was I saw a stat, and I'm probably wrong when I say this, but it's something about how basically there's been all these blowout games that have been happening early in the season. Like, there's been an, a, a very, like, abnormal compared to other seasons amount of games where teams are winning by 20-plus points. Yeah, what constitutes a blowout? Well, the, the stat I saw is 20, 20 plus point wins. There's like 31 of them already, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's like this crazy yeah, stat. because we're eight games into the season. But there have been multiple 40 plus point wins. There have been good teams that have beat other good teams by, by 50. 40 to 50 <laughs> points. And then that team comes and beats another team by 30 or 40 points. It's been crazy. Like, And I, th- I, don't know, I don't know what it is specifically. This season's so odd because you have the mesh of teams like the Hawks and the Wolves, who didn't play basketball for nine months. Yep. And yep. Then, then you have the teams with shortened uh, offseason. So I think it's this weird mesh. But um, Yeah, because you have teams who hadn't played since March. Yeah. You, you have rookies who got drafted a month ago. Anthony Edwards. Who are now, I mean, there's a few rookies who are starting on yeah. teams. And, like, they had no summer league. They had basically no preseason. They're like, okay, defensive rotation. Just stand there. Okay, good. We're done. Go play an NBA basketball. Right. Like, it's a nearly impossible task, and I think that's part of why you've seen maybe some of these blowouts. Like, teams just haven't had the chance to form as a unit. Right. They have new players. They're not... I mean, we've seen a lot of errant passes. And there's... A lot. <laughs> just, like, we were watching, to, to um, nowhere. We were watching, and, and this, is, this will be a good segue, we were watching the Philadelphia-Washington game last night, which was... Really fun because it was a really high-scoring, absolute fucking mess of a game, it was, honestly. It was fourth, messy. The fourth, fourth quarter, quarter was, was sloppy. It was sloppy. Bradley Beal had 60 points in the game, although he had 57 through three. 
So yeah, he only had three points in the fourth. Man, and we were we yeah. were so hyped for that fourth quarter. We were like, oh, is he going to get seventy? And then no, it just yeah. But still, a shout out to Bradley Beal because he's he's been having a great season so far. He is leading the league in points per game right now. And Washington, Washington's an interesting team. They will be a fringe playoff team. Um, any of their actual success will be because of Bradley Beal and in spite of Russell Westbrook. It's kind of uh, true. It's yeah, so Matt, true. And I, Matt was asking me, do you think Russell Westbrook gets another max contract? I am of the no. And I, I think I would him. agree. I think I would agree. And I, I've been a Westbrook lover for a long time, but he's just he's do, he doesn't mesh well with many with many players. I think his best stint was in Oklahoma City when he was kind of the guy. Um, but you know. Like his triple double season, the first one was really really good. Yeah, you know I mean, he, he was like post KD and he, he was he, he was kind, good. He's kind of like an old school player who's had to become new school, but he never should have been old school to begin with. He's so funny because he's probably one of my favorite players to watch drive the ball because he's so athletic and so incredible. Like the way he drives in the lane is just like yeah. fucking like a bulldozer. Oh, and those he, he has some great dunks. Oh, his dunks are insane. Like he's. The dude's athleticism is yeah. He's off one the of my charts. favorite players to watch in, in that kind of offensive sequence. One of my absolute least favorite to watch shoot the ball. Yeah, it's terrible. His that, shot is awful. That's always been the knock on him. His shot, it just looks so bad. Like I'm gonna be a homer for a second. D'Angelo Russell, who has like <laughs> been inconsistent to start the season for the Wolves, but his shot is nice looking. That it's so nice. The arc on it is insane. It's like just it goes so high. But or like a Kevin Durant, his shot is gorgeous. When he shoots it, it's one of the prettiest shots you'll ever yep. see. Westbrook is just the opposite. Yeah, I mean, it's whenever he shoots a three, you just kind of expect it to hit the the back iron. And you cringe. You're bounce, like, Ugh! bounce out. You might as well have just like driven and like drive and dish or like yeah. just do something. Don't. And, and when he went to the Rockets, that was always like, how is he going to fit? They want him to shoot threes. He's statistically like. The worst volume three point shooter in the NBA. Right. You don't fit on a team that wants you to shoot threes. Like, this is almost the worst person you could have gotten for the job. Also, speaking of the Rockets, shout out John Wall. John Wall has come back from injury and he's looking pretty good. Yeah, I, you know, the Rockets will, the Rockets will be interesting. They are an interesting team. And Harden Harden will be traded. Who knows when, but he'll be traded at some point. you always love to see a player come back from injury. Yes. And he was traded for Russell Westbrook, who we were just talking about. And you you just love to see a player who comes back, and they come back strong, and he's playing well. Because he is also an uber-athletic, super-fun dude to watch. I mean, right now, John Wall's having a better season than Westbrook by quite a bit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure which team regressed the trade. If either one of them do, I don't know if either one because I think I think for Houston they just wanted to get rid of Westbrook. I think for Washington, it seems like it was just kind of time. Yes, it may not have even been a basketball move necessarily. More just the emotional, like we've we've run our course. It just kind of about is ten years. What it yeah. Is. yeah. It just shout out to John Wall. That's good to see. And John Wall is one of the more real dudes in the NBA. Like he's a really solid guy. So shout out to John Wall. Yep, love John Wall. Um, but yeah, so Philadelphia is looking nice. They're top of the league, seven Seven and one. Seven and only team to do it. Uh, look, things are clicking right now for Philly. Um, Ben Simmons is looking solid. The scary thing about Philly is they are playing so well right now, and Ben Simmons, he's, I mean, he's still only, what, 24? Yeah, and Embiid's young, too. Joel Embiid, if he can be healthy, that is the caveat. It's always a caveat. But if he can be healthy this year, he will be an MVP candidate. With If they keep playing like this, he will be an MVP candidate. His numbers right now are ridiculous. He's playing good defense. Uh, I think one of the big keys for them especially offensively, is Seth Curry has been amazing for them. I was going to say Tobias Harris. Well, to- no, he's been good too, but yeah. the but the addition of Seth yep. Curry has completely opened up the rest of the team, rest of the floor. From what I've seen, and granted I haven't watched every right. 76ers game, but from what I've seen of them, Tobias Harris looks a lot better than he did last year. Like, he's making shots. He doesn't look lost. Last year, he just kind of seemed lost. He seems like he didn't know what his place was. And this year, he seems like he knows what he's doing. He's playing good defense. And I think a lot of that is Doc Rivers. 
Doc, look, Doc Rivers has a lot of knocks on him, and I think after the Clippers season last year, it's fair to criticize him for some things. Yep. That's also another one with the Clippers where it's just, it ran its course. Right. But Doc Rivers knows basketball. He's a confident veteran coach who can put players in places to succeed if they fucking listen. Doc Rivers was partly to blame for the Clippers... Yep. Just absolute breakdown. Absolutely. But he also had players like Paul George who were hothead fucking divas <laughs> and wouldn't listen. But the, he wouldn't. He wouldn't listen to him. No, I mean. And so if you're is, Tobias Harris and you are a, you're a really good player, but you've had kind of a couple of off seasons, you have Doc Rivers who, first of all, Doc Rivers is like such, he's such a good dude again. He's another great guy in the NBA. Yeah. He's, he's motivational. Yep. His players all usually love playing for him. Right. <laughs> um, and I think. I think he and the Sixers were a great match because you have a team who's hungry. I mean, Joel Embiid is like, he's one of those guys who's like, he'll go into battle every single night. He's hungry. I mean, teams definitely have a span where they could potentially win a title. And the 76ers are probably in the middle of theirs. I mean, these spans last maybe five years if you're lucky. And their spans already been going on a year or two, depending on how high you were on the 76ers. Uh, I mean, they switched out some some major parts, like Al Horford, who they signed, is no longer there. Um, Josh Richardson, who's not a major piece, but is a good piece, you know, right. got traded out for Seth Curry. So there's they are tinkering with their window because they know that that window is going to close sooner rather than later. That's just the nature of the beast. I I'm sure that they're I'm sure that they would love to go to the finals this year. I'm sure that's gonna be the goal for them for multiple years. But to me. To me, for the Philly this year, based off of everything, and this is if Joel Embiid is healthy, to me, success, like true success this year, would be to make it to the conference finals. I, I Even think, the semifinals would be success, but I think making it to the conference finals would be big success for this team for the first year. I think they're looking around and saying, we want the finals. I, right. That's what, I, I agree with you. I think they're saying that, but I, but I think realistically, conference finals would be success. That that would be. It, I mean, if it may not be success for them, it's success. It is, it is all relative too, right? Like, right. If the Timberwolves or Hawks made the conference finals, you and I would be like, "Oh my god, that was amazing!" <laughs> so, if the Timberwolves won a playoff series, if they won two games in a playoff <laughs> series and they lost four two, I'd be like, "Holy shit!" But I mean, your your championship expectations they do fluctuate as the season goes on. Yeah. And the 76ers right now are looking around saying, "Okay." The Bucks aren't doing like great. The Celtics aren't crushing everyone and just like dominating the world. So yeah, teams in the I mean, we'll just go through like we were gonna talk about the top three in each conference. So in the Eastern Conference, Philly's at, at the top. And then But yeah, as as of yeah. right now, Philly's looking down and they're like, We're at the top of the mountain and there's no reason we can't stay here. Well, and who's right under them are not teams that will be competitive probably deep in the playoffs, unless there's Maybe. a major trade made for one of these teams, which Paul thinks there might be. Um, Orlando is at 6-2. and two. Shout out to Nick Vukovic. That dude is a baller, has been for like the entire time he's been in Orlando. Very, yep. very underrated player. Vukovic is um, balling out this. He, he, he is the reason to watch the Magic right now. But the Magic will not make a deep playoff run, I don't believe. No. And they also just lost Markel Fultz for the year. Right. ACL tear, that sucks. Yep. Um, he got his money already, so that's, that's good for him. For him yeah. but. Uh, Pacers are at 6-2 and two as well, and they look good. I mean, they're going to be a good playoff team. Um, so, Malcolm Brogdon is their best player. Malcolm Brogdon is having a better year right now than anyone on the Bucks by player efficiency rating, which mm. advanced stat nerd alert, but still, yeah. dude, Malcolm Brogdon is balling. I think if, so, I mean, the trade I've, I've talked about for Harden would be like Oladipo and Turner for Harden. Yeah. I think if Houston called Indiana and said, we want Brogdon and Turner, I don't think they'd do it. I think Indiana would turn them down. Yeah. I, I I agree because if you are if you're Indiana and you're truly pursuing James Harden, you would want to you would not want to pair him with Victor Oladipo, you want to pair him with Brogdon. And Brogdon has been the better player. Yeah. I mean Oladipo has you know gobs of upside. Yeah, and, and I, I think I think Houston would be willing to deal with that upside and Miles Turner as well. But I mean, Brogdon's great at driving to the rim. He's great at shooting the three. He's great on defense. Like, he does 
everything. And he just does it. So shout out Brogdon. Yeah. He's doing it. And honestly, the Bucks, they might be looking back at that. Kind of like how OKC looked back at James Harden and said, why didn't we keep this guy? We had the chance. Why didn't we keep him? Because Milwaukee with a Brogdon is insane. Just absolutely insane. That could be a little revisionist history going back. Anyway, enough about the Pacers. The Celtics are 6-3. and three. The Knicks are 5-3, and three, which is surprising. It's an aberration. No one expected the Knicks to be good. It's an aberration. And the Bucks also at 5-3, and three, which to them is a disappointing start. Yeah, um, but I just want to... I made, I made a prediction on our prediction show that was so insane paul about spit out whatever he was drinking i'm about to take another drink of tea <laughs> but we're getting it's probably not gonna happen but i just want to put out there not that i wish this person any ill will because i absolutely admire this person toronto raptors are one in six that is they're fucking terrible is not they're good. not functional and nick nurse has been kind of like look the head coach always gets the, always gets the shit so i predicted that nick i I predicted that the Raptors would start bad and that Nick Nurse would be fired early on. I'm going to just be very honest. I only predicted that to, like, I wanted a shock value prediction because I think Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the NBA. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that could happen. And You spoke it into reality. And here's what I'm also going to speak into reality. I hope to Christ, if Nick Nurse, if Nick Nurse gets fired from Toronto, no offense to Ryan Saunders, but I hope to Christ that Ryan Saunders gets whatever in Minnesota and Minnesota hires fucking Nick Nurse next year. That'd be amazing. He'd be close to Storm Lake, close to home, Saunders not too far away. promoted into the organization. Maybe as... into the front office or something. Yeah. Sure. Like I, I like Ryan Saunders a lot, but Nick Nurse is v- a way better X's and O's. VP of operations or whatever. Nick Nurse running the Wolves would be great. Would oh, be yeah. great. Oh, yeah. So, um... Anyway, I'm going to speak that into existence. That'd be wonderful <laughs> for, for many reasons. Having an Iowa boy in Minnesota would be good too. So, Hey, maybe um, you'd actually win a playoff game or two. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the Eastern. That was the top of the Eastern Conference. Top of Western Conference, to no one's surprise, the LA Lakers are 6-2. and two, which, which is funny because I feel like they're even coasting at 6-2, and two, which is the funny part. They're absolutely coasting. Dude, the Lakers are just good. They're just... And they're better than they were. I mean... Montrezl Harrell is like playing very nice for the Lakers right now. And generally, as as a fan or as a coach, you don't want a team to just coast and expect them to turn it on the playoffs. But LeBron's been doing that for like five years now. LeBron is kind of the exception to that because it's like he's proven he can turn it on when he wants to turn it on. Right. And honestly, that's part of the reason they're six and two is because if it's a close game, he's like, "All right, give me the ball. Like I'll just." I'll hit some crazy ass fadeaway that like me and three other players in the league can make, and but then they, we'll like, just they've we'll sat just AD at least one game. They've sat LeBron like they're being strategic already. Yeah, which is good because and they're still six and two. Yep. Kyle Kuzma has looked really good to start off the season. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, and they they added more pieces like they got Schroeder in the off season and and Harrell and, yeah, and they Harrell. still have Caruso and yeah they're um. They're they're good. Well, yeah, they're odds on odds on odds on odds on odds on favorites to repeat. Yep, for good reason. Also at six and two, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix fucking Suns. Shout out to Devin Booker and shout out to Chris Paul. So the Phoenix Suns went famously eight and zero in the bubble, but they still didn't make the play-in tournament because there was a last game, you know, and they were barely out of the play-in tournament. But everyone was like. Man, the Suns just went eight and zero inside this bubble. Like, is that real? Is it replicable? Yeah. Yeah. And then they went and they added Chris Paul. They lost Ricky Rubio, but that's still an upgrade. Absolutely huge upgrade. And now they're six and two, and it's looking like that was real. DeAndre Ayton is playing well. Booker is playing just amazing. Chris Paul is setting the team. Cam Johnson is a good player. He's been making some threes. I mean, they, they have a lot of nice pieces on that team. Also, huge shout-out to Monty Williams. I'm so glad he got another head coaching opportunity. Yeah, that's, He's a great coach. That's a good point. He's a great coach, and I think... That's a good shout-out. Yeah, I, I think I think he deserves to have a team this good, right? 
But yeah, Devin Booker is balling the fuck out. Monty Williams deserves to have some fun. Yeah. And he's a good dude. And you have fun when you're winning. Yeah. Uh, Clippers are third, but you know, fuck the Clippers, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They're also expected to be good. Um, the Pelicans are so. Those are the only teams with winning records in the West. Yeah, then it's like just a a, a slog yep. of fucking four and four teams. Um, so the four and four teams are kind of interesting, though. Let's just run through this quick. Yeah. The Pelicans, the Warriors, the Kings, and the Jazz. Yeah. The Jazz are the only one of those teams that are actually expected to be good. The other teams are kind of... Ex- we weren't really sure what to expect out of them. Yeah. Him. Golden State, though. So, shout, shout, big shout-out to Steph Curry who had 62 points in the night. Shout-out to that. Again, like Paul said, you know, the only success Golden State will have this year is on the shoulders of Steph Curry. Um, when he is successful, they'll be successful. He's so good. If they make the playoffs, it's because he drugged them there. That's it. Yeah. And, I mean, right now they they would be in in the West, surprisingly, <laughs> with a 4-4 four and four record. There's... But you have teams like the Jazz. I mean, the Jazz are 4-4, four and four, but you have Denver. I mean, Denver started off 1-4. and four. They've won two games in a row they'll, against they'll be Minnesota. In the top. They'll be in the um, top, right? There is a lot of small sample size. Like, yeah. the Mavs are down at 3-4. and four, The Blazers, Blazers. are 3-4. They're ex- going to be higher. I, I mean, I expect all three of those teams. I expect the Nuggets. I expect the Mavs. And the Blazers will all be in the playoffs. So, um, Sacramento is probably out. Um, but, I mean, to be 500, you still have to win four games. Sure. And that is not guaranteed in the NBA right. any night to go out and win. Right. So, props to those teams. Like, I thought the Kings would win four games in, like, 20. 20. Yeah. yeah. And to go four and four for the Kings, like, that, that feels like a win if you're a Kings fan. Yeah, for sure. I say that as a Hawks fan who's four and four right now. So <laughs> Hawks will be all right. You're, you're talking yourself into it. Oh, uh, let's see. We also got a shout out Becky Hammond on the Spurs. So this yeah. happened about a week ago, but Greg Popovich, the head coach, like the greatest head coach of all time. Yep. Got ejected from a game. Got a little heated. Got I love kicked. it. I love when he gets ejected. It's great. But and, here's the funny thing. Sorry, before I'll let you say your thing, but. Yeah, Greg Popovich's coaching staff on the Spurs is always he has basically like three assistant coaches that would be head coaches probably of all playoff teams, all of playoff teams if they were head coaches. They're so good. His coaching staffs are always the best. He just has the brightest minds. Yep. So, and, and they always get picked by other teams. Right. He. I mean. So yeah. He could be like, like Bud, like Bud, right? who went who went to Atlanta and then is now with the Bucks. I mean, yeah. Popovich could be ejected every game, like midway through, <laughs> and they would still be a good team because the coaching staff is so deep. <laughs> but anyway, at the top of that coaching staff is Becky Hammond. And so when Pop got ejected, he pointed to her and said, you got this. And then just walked off the court because Pop's a, everything Pop does is just baller. It's just G like everything he does. It's his legendary. But Becky Hammond was then it's believed the first acting head coach in an NBA or first female yep. acting head coach in an NBA game. So Which shout is, out to Becky and she's just, yeah, she's, she's fucking awesome. So it's kind of like in baseball, which I I know you don't care about. No one else really does. There was a, a member of the front office for about 20 to 25 years on a few different teams. Named yes. Kim NG. Yep. And she finally got promoted to be general manager. Yes. Just, is that we, Miami or Tampa? Miami. Okay. Okay. Which, yeah, I read that story. Miami's dysfunctional and was... It's still a big whatever. deal, though. Huge but it's deal. still... Right. And so, I mean, she she had to put in, I think it was 25 years. And then they were finally like, okay, I guess you have enough. I mean, Becky Hammond is still young. She's like 41, 42 or I something. I will be... If, if, we, if we talk in... Two years and she still doesn't have a head coaching gig. I will be fucking shocked. I think the, next year she gets one. The only way I think that wouldn't happen is if she's in line after Pop and Pop says, "Give me two more years. I want that record." Sure, I don't. It, think it is she all is. yours in three years. I think Tim Duncan's in line. We we don't know behind the no. scenes, but I could I could see that being a reason why she doesn't have a head coaching so, job. If that's the caveat, sure. If, besides but that, that, that would still be a promise to yes. her. If not, if that's not the case, she should have a job this next year. Yeah, my point with baseball is I hope, I really hope that she doesn't 
have to spend 20 years as an assistant to get her shot. I don't think she will. Again, the NBA is a more progressive league, and so I think she'll get her shot. It is. And that, I mean, that's one of the things we love about the NBA. Yeah. So, but shout, I mean, shout out to Kim NG also. And also, like, you know, Steve Nash, who's never coached before, got a shot. I mean, Becky Hammond's as smart of a player as Steve Nash. Her basketball IQ is off the fucking charts. I mean, that could open up some other WNBA players. Like, I mean, Sue Bird comes immediately to mind. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Sue Bird. Shout out to Sue Bird. Who just, like, the point general, right? Like, the Chris Paul of the WNBA. Absolutely. And Chris Paul's always been linked to, like, is he going to coach or be a GM or something like that? I hope he coaches. He'd be a fantastic coach. But for for some of those players, too. And maybe vice versa. Yeah. Maybe Chris Paul goes and coaches a WNBA team. Sure, absolutely. Why, why not? Speaking of, I want to go back to the dream quickly because um, one thing, too, it sounds like LeBron James is going to bid to buy the dream. Oh, I haven't heard this. Yeah. So LeBron James moves to Atlanta. <laughs> I don't know about that. But... Hey. um. He doesn't have to move to Atlanta uh, <laughs> to buy the dream. It's not, but he he said something about he's he's interested in putting together an ownership group to buy the dream. Here's what happens: LeBron buys the dream. Yep. He buys Magic City. He gives James Harden a free pass to Magic City, and then never has to worry about the Rockets or whatever team James Harden is on in the playoffs. It's flawless. It's brilliant. It's a perfect 4D chess, baby. LeBron's always one step ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, that was that was a terrible plan. <laughs> so that covers it for this. I mean, this point in the season so far. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not, there's not a whole lot else to cover right now. Um, there's not a lot. Personally, the wolves fucking suck. Cause cat's still out. They're they're terrible. But that's okay. I love them so, to pieces. So, in honor of the Twenty Fifth Amendment potentially being invoked. Which, Matt, you want to give a quick rundown on the 25th? Very basically, the 25th Amendment is the power to remove the president. Now, the the wording on the 25th specifically talks about president being incapacitated, um, like a physical or mental thing, for them to, not, to be unable to um, continue to serve. There are some kind of open-ended things in it that would... Maybe make this moment in time, uh, like uh, this moment in time to be one of the reasons or times to use the 25th Amendment. What it is is the vice president would have to um, get half of the cabinet to agree to it and they would sign off on it and thus would remove president from office. It's probably not going to happen. Because Mike Pence is a big old pussy, but um, you know, I can't. I kind of put Matt on the spot there. I had to find my file that I had typed up before on this. So, the I mean, the Twenty Fifth Amendment was being talked about heavily all day today and yeah, last night. Last night, all day today. So I thought I'd use the number twenty five. Oh boy, find, find some stats and quiz Matt. See see if he can guess some of these twenty five centric figures. Perfect. So. We're going to start off with maybe a, a trickier one. Players who wear the jersey number 25. Shit. There are, there are 13, I believe. Can you name two? Can I name two? 25. Um... I, could, I could only name one, if that makes you feel better. Um... 25. Jersey 25. I can't even think of any. Um, do you want to give me a, like so the, any hints? So the the only one I that I knew was Derrick Rose. Oh, sure. Yeah. Derrick okay. Rose. Um, a player on Philadelphia. The league leading 76ers. Who wears... Is this Seth Curry? No. Who, Shit. Who wears 25? I don't know. Benjamin Simmons. You know, I was going to guess. I thought he was 23. I was going to guess Ben Simmons. God damn it. Okay. Benny Simmons. Okay. Um, other, I mean, there's some other non-super notable, like Kendrick Nunn from Miami. Okay. Jacob Pirtle for San Antonio. Okay. Um, Reggie Bullock for the Knicks. Otherwise, it's just kind of 
players who are like sure sure okay derrick rose and ben simmons were the two that are like oh sure of course all right so I, i had to kind of choose a range for this one as of today thursday the 7th of january 2021 okay there are four players who are averaging between 25.0 25.0 and 25.9 points per game. Uh. <laughs> I had I had to make a range. So to give you an overall range, there is one player who's at 25.9 and they are 10th in the league in scoring at points per game right now. So we are talking very good scorers in the league who are averaging 25 points. This is tough because... This, there are great scores like Kevin Durant. I'm sure is averaging more than 25. And it's true. Steph Curry. There's yeah. There's one player who's at 26.0. What about Kyrie Irving? Kyrie is not on this list. Okay. Um. Let me think about other players who could be scoring 25. Let's go west to east. I'm just gonna start naming some players. Jamal Murray. Uh. Nope. I'm not sure what Murray's averaging. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. I'm, I'm beginning to think that this is not a good question. Well, let me get. I can guess. <laughs> I can guess. Um, John Wall. Nope. I do. I do like that guess. Um. All right, you get two more misses, then I'm just gonna give it away. Who's a potential MVP candidate on the Sixers? Ben Simmons? Oh my god, you're terrible at is Sixers. Joel questions. Embiid is Joel averaging more than 25. 25.3. Really? Yep. Oh. Which, depending how you look at it, is more than 25. What about or equal to 25? Like, okay, what about about Luca? Luca's at 25.8. Okay. Alright. You still have another guess. Okay. Who is directly tied to Luca and always will be? Trey Young. Trey Young's twenty five point nine. Okay, perfect. So he was tenth overall. So in that's scoring. three. Who's the fourth? Yeah, I'm just gonna give you this one. Yeah, Colin Sexton with the Cavs. Really? Twenty five point one. You know, I we were watching that uh, one of the Cavs Hawks games where the Cavs beat the Hawks. Uh, yeah. But Colin Sexton looked nice. He did. Plus, he's got the little Obi-Wan dread, which I like. The little rat tail. I'm I, digging it. I do not like it. I that. like it. I think it's cool style. I, To each their own. Hey, shout out to Colin Sexton for he, the little Obi-Wan. He can have that. Yep. All right. Okay, what's next? That one, that one was tougher. Okay. This, this one's more fun, okay? Players who have scored 25 points total this season. Oh, shit. 25 points total in the first eight games. At 25 specifically? Yes. Oh, God. Because there, I mean, there is no points per game. This is the season. Right. All right, um, so, here, so here's a hint. Who do we hate? Dwight Howard. No, although we, well, we do hate <laughs> Dwight Howard. Who do we hate almost more than Dwight Howard? James Harden? Who is a Duke player? Oh, Grayson Allen? Grayson Allen's at 25 on the season. <laughs> way to go, Grayson Allen. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Yeah, way to try to injure the 10th overall when you hit the guy scoring 25 a game and you got 25, 25 overall. Total. What a fucking cuck. Okay. I'm just going to give you the other two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. Okay. Which, whatever. Jackson Hayes on the Pelicans. Really? Okay. I, actually, I actually figured he'd be a little higher than that. Yeah. Because he gets some playing time. He's normally throwing down dunks. But those are the three players at 25. So, next up, players with 25 or more steals. 25 or more steals. Jimmy Butler? Nope. Really? How many games have there been? Eight games, right? LeBron James. The answer is zero. I tricked you, sucker. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it is possible. Can you guess? This is just kind of fun. Who's the closest? Yeah, who has the most steals in the league? Mm. It's going to blow your mind. Who has the most? Okay, I need you to handicap this for me. East or West? East. Don't tell me it's LaMelo Ball. No. 
They play for the Cavs. A player on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Is it Colin Sexton? No. Who is it? Larry Nance Jr. Really? Larry Nance Jr. has 19 steals. Shout out to Larry Nance Jr. In eight games. That's actually really good. Yeah. And you, right? That's I was surprising. Looking, I was looking this up and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I would have thought maybe like Chris Paul or someone like that. Yeah, Chris, maybe Luca. Chris Paul is like always the steals leader, it yeah. seems like, at the end of the year. Nope. Larry Nance Jr. Who's... Run, run me the f- top five. Just curious. Sure. Malcolm Brogdon has 16. Okay, yeah. Jalen Brown, 15. Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, 15. Andre Drummond, 14. What? Apparently Cleveland. The Cavaliers just steal the fuck out Cleveland of the ball. Cleveland is just like all hands are swiping at the ball all the time. Give me that ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, LaMelo Ball has 13. He is number eight overall. Wow. Actually. So, there you go. Yeah, I saw Larry Nance, and I'm like, sure, okay. Good for him. All right, so now we're going to do blocks. Who has 25 or more blocks on the season? I would say, does anyone? This is not a trick question. There is only one player. Bam Adebayo. No. Blocks. Only one player has more than 25 blocks. Andre Drummond? Nope. So Joel Embiid. So let me give you five through two. Five is Jared Allen with 14. Okay. Well, I guess that'd be four also. Andre Drummond also has 14. Mitchell Robinson has 15. Rudy Gobert has 20. And he's in second place. So who has at least five more blocks on the season? Than Rudy, and it's not Joel Embiid? It's not Joel Embiid. Five more blocks. Is it a big or a wing? It's a big boy. Okay. They are on a very good, on a top two team in their conference. Okay. And it's not Joel Embiid, so it's not the 76ers. Is it Anthony Davis? It's not Anthony Davis. Um, is it, oh, is it Sabonis? Miles Turner. Oh, shit, I was the right team. So, get this. Really? Get this. Rudy Gobert has 20 blocks. Okay. Which is, in eight games, seems good. Yeah. Any guesses how many Miles Turner has? Well, it has to be more than 25, because you say it that way. Yeah. In eight games, I'm trying to do the math. So, let's, let's say 28. So... Third place, Mitchell Robinson has 15. Yes. Second place, Rudy Gobert has 20. 20. First place, Miles Turner has 33. Holy shit! 33! He's averaging four blocks a game? He's averaging, yeah. Four point whatever? Yeah. I mean, the, the gap between one and two is 13. If you took away that gap and added it to another player, they would be in seventh place overall in the league. That's insane. Miles Turner has been going to block parties this year, man. It so his value insane. defensively is is really going to go up when we're talking like if a, a potential trade with Houston, he might become more valuable now. Yeah, good for Miles Turner. Yeah, so <laughs> bad for Miles Turner. I'm going to give you an answer to my next question. Players with exactly 25 percent three point field goal percentage. Miles Turner. Okay. Has a 25% three-point field goal percentage. For those listening, league average is normally around 34. 34 to 6? Yeah, 35, somewhere in there. Like, the really good shooters are above 40%. If you're a 25% three-point shooter, like, that's bad. And this is a small sample size. Yeah, like, so 25 is terrible. 35 is average. If you're, like, a 38%... Uh, three point shooter. You're a good three point shooter. You're you're pretty good, right? Like if you're a forty to forty three percent three point shooter, you're elite. Yep, absolutely. So, so Miles. So there's two others, and they're Miles Turner has he's gone nine for thirty six. Okay, so are the others bigs or are they wings, point guards? Uh, one's a power forward. One's a point guard. Okay. This is, I mean, this is tough because such a small sample size. I'll give you a hint. The guard is on Miami. Dragic? It is Dragic. 
Yep, who's coming back from injury. He shot 7 for 28 so far. He'll be fine. The next player is one of the biggest names in the league. Anthony Davis. No. Oh, Zion. Probably. No. No. Power forward? You said power forward. Power forward. Power forward. Is it Ben? No, it's not Ben Simmons because he's not a power forward. He hasn't even shot four threes this season, I don't think. One of the biggest names in the league? One of the biggest names in the league. I, I don't know. Giannis. Oh, shit. Okay. Giannis is 10 for 40. Yikes. So there are only three players right now who are shooting worse than 25%. I'm going to give you these as freebies. JJ Redick at 24%, which he's a career 42%. Yeah, so that. JJ Redick's one of those players who's elite at shooting threes. Yeah. It's just. He'll be fine. He's in a slump. RJ Barrett on the Knicks. Okay. Which he'll get better. Luka Doncic has the worst three-point percentage in the league right now. He is 8 for 41, which clocks in under 20%. Oh. Yeah. You didn't expect that, did you? Just for fun, who are our best three-point shooters now? Give me top five. Me, me, and me. That's three. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) All right. You want any guesses at the top number? No, just give them to me one through five. Do you want any minimum? Minimum number of shot attempts? Because you can go one for one and hit 100%. Yeah, I I think we should have... What do you think we should have? 10? Okay. That still leaves our number one. Alec Burks. Really? On the New York... How about this? How about 40? And that's part of why some of these... Like the Knicks, right? Yeah. They can be anomalies. The Mavs aren't doing as well as they'd like. But Luka's shooting a career worst... Would 40 shots be fair? Um, 40 is... High? A super high number. Yeah, I'm just doing this manually right here. But Seth Curry has taken 42 three-point attempts and made 25, which is good for about 60%. (laughs) That's fucking insane. Um, Patty Mills has taken 40 attempts and made 23, which wow. is 58%. That's really good. There was a game where he just went on. Yeah. I don't know his final stat line, but he was just raining them in. Yeah. And I mean, small sample size, but good for him. Austin Rivers, who's now on the Knicks, is 11 for 20, which is 55%. Chris Middleton, the anti-Giannis yeah. on the Bucks. Chris Middleton is 23 for 43 which is 54%. So that's wow. really good for him. Yeah. Um, also on Milwaukee, Dante DiVincenzo is 20 for 39. Wow, good so for him. So above 50%, yeah. Uh, Joe Harris is 40. He's 23 for 45, so a lot of attempts. Uh, Paul George has attempted 67 three-pointers, and he has made 32 of them. So okay. he's shooting 48%. Yeah, that's good. Really good. Really high attempts. Um, the most attempts in the league, our boy Steph Curry. He's just throwing them up there, man. What's he shooting right now? So this, this is the insane thing about Steph Curry. He has shot 90 attempts. Holy shit. The next highest is Buddy Heald at 81. And then it starts going down pretty, pretty quickly after that. He's shooting 36% on three-pointers. Steph Curry? Yeah. That's pretty low for him, honestly. That is low, but the number of attempts is insane because defenses are like, we're going to stop him from shooting the three. I mean, the degree of difficulty on some yeah. of these three-pointers is insane. What's Buddy Heald's percentage? Uh, Buddy Heald's at 35%. Oh, wow. He's okay. 28 for 81. But, again, the, the difference in looks between Buddy Heald and Steph Curry, like Steph Curry would shoot 50% easy. Yeah. You know, if Steph Curry is getting the looks that his brother was getting, which is not a knock on brother at all, but if he was wide open in the corner on a lot of these shots, he'd be at like 80%. Yeah. <clears throat> so, shout out to him also. All right, you ready for one advanced stat category? Oh boy. You ready for this? Do you know, do you even know what PER is? Yeah. Player efficiency rating. Player, look at you. You're such a nerd. Hey, what do you... Do you classify yourself as a nerd? Yep. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. I'm a I'm a programmer for a living, and Matt's like, yeah, I'm a nerd. 
All right. <clears throat> For everyone else, PER is basically an average of your efficiency, and it's weighted to the rest of the league. So it's depending on how everyone else in the league is doing also. The league average is 15. So if you are a 15, you're basically an average NBA player. If you are above 15, you're better. If you're lower, you're worse. So there are four players who have a PER between 25 and 25.9. So these are, again, like very good players. In 25 the is high. 20, it's pretty high. The leader right now, who we'll get to in a second, is at 30.9. Right. So 25 is very good. 25 is very good. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Just like that? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Well, PER is such a weird stat because there are players who surprise you in their PER. Um, there are players who do, maybe don't play as many minutes, but their their overall effect on the game or their stats maybe don't show up, but their PER. Right. right. So like Giannis, who we just talked about, who was shooting 10 for 40 on three-pointers, yeah. his PER is currently 27 because Giannis. everything yeah. else that he does is just great. Right. So it does take everything into effect. And the players who are highest on PER are the players who are you're like, yeah, that's a very good player. I would so, imagine Joel Embiid has a really high PER. He's number two. Yeah. He's he's at twenty nine point one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. James Harden, our boy, is third at twenty eight. <laughs> our boy. Kyrie Irving has twenty seven and a half. Durant's at twenty six point six. Bradley Beal twenty six point four. Where's LeBron? LeBron is at twenty four point five. Oh. He's, so, co- he's coasting. So who are who are our who are our 25s? You, you want me to give them to you? Yeah. All right. CJ McCollum. Okay. 25.2. Okay. He's had a nice year. Jarrett Allen. Nice. On Brooklyn. Yep. 25.3. Nice. So he's he's clearly doing something right. Our other boy, Steph Curry. Sure. Skyfucker himself. That's, that's a top three nickname in the league. Skyfucker. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing nickname. That might be a top one. Skyfucker is pretty good. Uh, what's another one? Giannis attempts a free throw. Is, <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty the, good. Those are those are probably the top two. Yeah. Uh, he's at twenty five point five, and then Nikola Vucevic on Orlando 20, nice. 25.8. Yeah. So, do you have any guess who is the number one? I don't. <laughs> All right, you're just giving up. You're like, this game sucks. I'm over it, man. Yep. We're done. Number one with a PER of 30.9. So average is 15. This guy is twice as good as a regular NBA player. The guy who you would choose cat over, Nikola Jokic. Okay. Yeah. There it is. And yes, I would choose cat over Jokic, you even fucker. Though, even though Jokic is arguably the best player in the league based on this stat sure it is what it is 100 fucking percent i mean he's also playing and cat is not currently yeah so there's that but Jokic is having a really nice season cat's so normally around a 23 to 26 per player i think but regardless Jokic is having Jokic is having a great season and again Denver started off rough but they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be fucking tough and if Jokic keeps playing like this he came into the season in super good shape yeah he's yeah I mean he's just also I want to shout out on the Nuggets Facundo Campazzo yeah backup point guard from Argentina that's another good shout out I was hoping that the Wolves were going to sign him in the offseason because he's he's like a tiny little dude he's like JJ Barea he's like 5'11 but the dude can shoot the fucking three. He's got handles. He can pass the ball. He can drive. Oh, and he's a pest on defense, too. He's a pe- This guy is the perfect backup for Denver. Denver got a steal in, and, in a And they have Monty Morris as yeah. a backup, too. Oh, and Morris can play the off guard, too, because he's bigger, a little bigger. It's true. But, I mean, you can also rotate them in or exactly. sit one for a night. Yep. So, um, Denver's going to be fine. They started off slow, but they're going to be just fine. Jokic is just insane jamal murray is really good i mean shout out to yogurt you got the best pr in the league so far again it's only eight games you know stuff will change like lebron will be higher as games become more and more important but props to him okay one thing i want you to find out for next episode is lebron's playoff per 
<laughs> there has to be a way to find that it's, out. And it's, it's probably, probably fucking it's insane. It's like 50 or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> or like it his pro- finals PER. It some, pro- it's, it's insane. Yeah. It has to be insane. Is, do you think his playoffs PER is above or below 30? has to be above. It almost does. Because he does everything in the playoffs. He And efficiently. Are you going to try and find it? It's That's going to take, it's gonna me take too a while. So we, maybe we can have that for next time because I, I want to see those stats. <laughs> it probably is above thirty. LeBron's amazing in the like he'll have a he'll he'll you know have an MVP caliber year in the regular season and then his game just every year just elevates like one big level in the playoffs. Oh yeah, every year. And that's why we're saying the Lakers right now are six and two, and they're coasting, and we know that they can turn it on, and that's when they get really scary. Because you're six and two, you're not even trying. This is like. Godzilla just kind of wandering through downtown Tokyo, and he's just like, I don't even care right now. Like, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting a few cars here and there. Like, I'm yeah. smashing some buildings with my tail. Yeah. Like, yada, yada, I'm going to start trying when, like, the fighter jets come out. You know, then I'm going to start, like, breathing fire and yeah, shit. Yeah, like, when Mothra comes down, like, yeah, I guess yeah, I'll fucking turn yeah, around. Okay, That's they start, fine, like, whatever. bombing me and stuff. Sure, like, sure, sure. I'm going to try. Yeah. Um, Nice Godzilla reference, Paul. Who doesn't love Godzilla? I love Godzilla. Everyone loves Godzilla. The 1990 whatever, six or seven Godzilla movie King with, Kong. Uh, no, I was thinking with Matthew Broderick. Great 90s movie. Terrible. <laughs> awesome. Great. Honestly, all Godzilla movies are kind of terrible. But like, in their awesome. Own way. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're all awesome, but they're also all yes, terrible at the same terrible. time. <laughs> By the way, um, speaking of, I have to call out some slander that... Did I do this? No. Was, wow. Was, was just thank you so terrible. Um, so my father-in-law is a Milwaukee Bucks fan, and we were talking the other night about I, I don't know how we got on the subject, but we were talking about Space Jam. So I'm oh, a, oh no, I'm a child. I'm a child of the '90s. Oh no, my wife is a child of the '90s. Paul is a child of the '90s. Space Jam is fucking legend. What has he done? Space Jam's the shit. Space Jam is the shit. From look, Which, it's a it's a cheesy movie, but Space Jam is. I'm I'm partly worried about the remake just because. Well, it's a sequel. Well, the, the sequel, sure. Yeah, it's not going to be even close to what the original was. It can't because the thing about Space Jam at the time is, first of all, we were all young kids That's who right. who idolized Michael Jordan and the other players besides Sean fucking Bradley, which was hilarious. <laughs> but you had Barkley, you had like the Larry Bird cameo, which was yeah. great. Bill Murray, his role in it was great. Wayne um, Wayne Knight. Yeah. From from Seinfeld. Yep. Played that Stan Podolak character, the best. Newman. He's fixing a divot. It's like one of my favorite <laughs> fucking lines. But the other thing that I think is so different from today is the Warner Brothers cartoon characters were so much more relevant back when we were younger because there was like a Looney oh, yeah, Tunes what? resurgence in the early 90s. Saturday morning cartoons was right. a thing. It was... It was it, definitely it was in like the early to mid nineties. I, I think had like this Warner Brothers Looney Tunes resurgence of like Bugs Bunny was relevant. I loved it. Daffy Duck was relevant. Taz yeah. was relevant. All I, these like Tweety Bird and everybody my, else. I need my cereal and watch them. Yeah, they were they were relevant at the time. They're not as relevant anymore, which sucks because they were hilarious and still funny. They should be. Um but anyway, so yeah, we'll see what the new one holds. Yeah, my father-in-law was talking shit about Space Jam. He goes, that no. movie. He's like, that movie is no. terrible. And, no. and both my wife and I are just like, wait, are you serious? He's like, yeah, that's awful. Now, keep in mind, his pastime is to turn on PBS and watch like a six-hour boring three-part Ken Burns documentary <laughs> on, you know, like how they dressed wounds in fucking World War II. Okay, so like that's, that's the thing. But um, yeah, man, Space Jam blasphemy. I can't I've, even believe it. I've never heard anybody my, not my like parents, Space Jam. My parents who like, you know, whatever. My it's, parents are my parents in, in a different generation. They love Space Jam because it's Space Jam. It's fun. I feel like even if people don't like it, they don't dislike it. You know what I mean? Like the worst of, I would expect is a neutral opinion. I wouldn't expect anyone to, to come out and just blatantly be like, that was bad. Plus, shout out to Danny DeVito as the alien villain in that movie. The shit. It's got, I mean, it's got so many it's big names. It's got everything. Names. It's got so many big names. Yeah. How could he do this? I know. It was like, we both, my wife and I both felt just, what do you, her what especially, do you, we felt you, like. What are you going to do about this? Are you just going to leave it unaddressed? Talk about an elephant in the room. Well, we talked about it, but I'm not sure what else to say. 
You're gonna have to have a more serious. You're gonna have to force him to watch it. Intervention. Yeah. Yeah. We can burn it on a DVD or just buy a copy. I guess. That Put it in too. a Ken Burns. Exactly. Yeah. You need to like. Good job, Matt. Shit. Breaking all my <laughs> shit. You need to trick him into watching it yes. again. Yes. While he has like a beer in hand. Or an, an a, NA beer, but yes. Or a Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew, but yeah, yes. That would be better. While he's in a comfort zone. Yeah. I'll I'll help you trick him. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> we need to fix this. Pa- also, Paul and my father in law love to give each other shit, which is hilarious, and so I feel like Paul will take this to heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's his mission now. It's it's ammunition <laughs> against them. That's right. Anyway, um, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, everybody stay safe. Shit's crazy right now. So stay safe. And um, until next time. Yeah, be nice to yeah. each other. Be, be nice. Be nice. Don't be, I mean, don't be an asshole. Don't that's, be a dick. That's all, that's all the time. Don't be a dick. So, um, yeah, that's our show. Until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Thanks for listening to Basketballers. <laughs>